This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of The Podcast. I am here once again, and always again, and brought to you by poppyapparel.com. If you're a woman and you listen to the show, or if you're a man and you know a woman... But if you are a man and listening to the show, you probably don't know a woman because you're fucking hurting. But anyways, thank you for the download. Please keep on listening. Go to poppyapparel.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You'll get 10% off your next shipment. Free shipping worldwide. If you also like to shop online, I'm sure you shop at Amazon. So go to podbros.com, which I am a part of their network, the Podbros Network. You can listen to my show there. And while you're there listening to the show, you could click to... Click to? No. You could click their Amazon banner. Takes two seconds. Continue shopping regularly, no codes, no nothing. It just literally takes their link and they get paid out of it or something, which means I get something, which means we all get something. I actually don't get nothing, really. I just say it because I'm trying to be nice, but, you know, you got to help out when you can. But if you want to keep helping me out, you could listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and every Sunday on the Potter and Family podcast block from the time of 1 to 6, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Fingastyles, F-I-N-G-A-S-T-Y-L-Z, the podcast, the podcast Twitter, that is. Follow the podcast Twitter at the podcast DAP. And you could email us at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Okay, so I said that I was going to do a month of leading up to JFL and having a bunch of comics. But in my true fashion, I overprepared. So I kind of overbooked myself in having a lot of comics on. And oddly enough, I don't know if it's just a popularity, if it's just my luck of the podcast, but most of them have agreed to. So now I have a bunch of comics coming on. So I'm going to dub this the summer of comics on the podcast because at least up until September, I have podcasts all lined up to be coming on each and every week. So with no exception this week, I have another comedian on. He's a funny man. I believe he's from around the New York area. If, uh, if he is not, he will correct me. I'm sure he will. But he is the very funny Dan Pozzello. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Not a problem. Are you from the New York area? 
Yes, okay. don't Whew. live in. Uh, I live in Jersey, um, okay. but I do everything like work and stand up and all that stuff in Manhattan. So just you know, it just sounds better to say Manhattan comic. Oh well, yeah, because you. I'm. I'm assuming you hit. Let's get right into it. You hit all all the clubs in Manhattan and in the outskirts and all that. Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, yeah. I've been to a bunch bunch of them. Um, yeah, I've been doing it for like two and a half years now. So, however many comedy clubs you can get to in that amount of time. Actually, that's not too bad. Two and a half years because I've been having literally comics on from nine months start to about I don't know ten to twenty years pros. So mm. you're, I guess. Sort of a sophomore, if there was a, a way to dub it, because yeah, you're not really a rookie, uh, right? I, it definitely, yeah. I think I'd say I'm a sophomore. It feels like I'm getting hazed uh, by the <laughs> the older comedians. So that we'll go with we'll go with sophomore. Well, what got you into comedy? Um, let me. See. So it was like two and a half years ago. I got. Uh, I was working in advertising. Uh, okay. I hated it. Uh, I went through a breakup, uh, oh, sure. and then it was uh, one of my. Uh, somebody that I worked with was like, Oh, there's this open mic around the corner. And I went to that and that was, uh, I kind of hit the ground running after that. I mean, like, so my first open mic was in Manhattan. So it kind of gives you, uh, you know, from the very beginning, you're like, Oh shit. Like there's right. a lot of people doing this all the time. Um, so it yeah. didn't really allow you to have like, a, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta start hitting it hard immediately. Cause you see how, how hard everybody else is working. So it's, it's a blessing and, uh, curse to you know to start in the comedy capital of the world well of course but how many people were in the audience that first night oh this is a great uh so i brought um so i live at home in new jersey glenrock new jersey okay so i have a lot of friends uh in the area like my family's from here i um a lot of high school friends a lot of college friends are all around here so my yeah. first open mic uh, i didn't know any better i brought about 15 to 20 people uh, to the Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Right. Uh, they were the only audience members there. Everybody else was comics. Right, right. Um, so it was like 20 of my closest friends and family all came into the city from New Jersey to watch me, you know, do five minutes of whatever uh, nonsense I'd written down at the time. So it was like an amazing experience. And then the next night I went to a bar in New Jersey and right. they didn't turn the TVs off. Oh, for the open mic, uh, right. so I was, there was like three people there, and I think I did a minute and a half, and then I got off stage and went home, uh, very sad. So you know, peaks and valleys. <laughs> well, of course, but the good thing is that you never gave up because obviously you're funny because I see it on Twitter and on social media. Oh, thanks, man. But do you? Ha <laughs> uh, well, being two and a half years, other than being doing like live comedy, have you done anything else? Um, no, so I was doing, uh, I played lacrosse my whole life. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so that was, um, uh, I was an athlete from, you know, like, f uh, seven, eight years old all the way up until I was, uh, played in high school. I got recruited. I played in college. Uh, and then I played a season in Australia, uh, for oh, a team that reached out to me. So I stopped playing lacrosse when I was I'm 25 now. I stopped playing lacrosse when I was like 22. So my whole life up until that point was lacrosse. Wow. Uh, lacrosse ended and our comedy's kind of been the, uh, the driving force. So, okay. Being Canadian, I don't know if you, if you Americans know, lacrosse is actually our national sport. It's not ice hockey like people think. Yeah. So it's, what uh, what got you into lacrosse being in New Jersey? 
Um, it's a pretty big hotbed. Uh, the thing about oh, really? cross is it's it's a it's like a very regional sport. Um, okay. So there's like hotbeds. Uh, right. So there, people in uh, the Baltimore area and Maryland are very in lacrosse. People in Long okay. Island are very in lacrosse. Uh, upstate New York and then New Jersey is kind of like a lesser hotbed um so you know my my town had a team my high school had a team so it wasn't you know i wasn't like driving like two hours away to get to practice or anything it was like uh you know 15 minute drive it's uh, it's pretty accessible in new jersey so oh that's pretty cool okay yeah i, I don't know that because well even here in toronto i'm sure it is a hotbed but not too many people care about lacrosse we mostly care about hockey so yeah the uh the um lacrosse world games were this summer every four years okay um so the u.s beat canada oh. uh this past summer there you go um but last four years ago before that canada had beaten the u.s so it's a pretty big rivalry that no one cares about except for me uh i'm, I'm, I'm very up to date on it so have you played since even uh, no, uh, I coach occasionally okay um, okay but uh, the last time I played competitively was summer of twenty, jeez, Louise, summer twenty fifteen. I was in Australia, so that was the last time I played uh, competitive lacrosse. Okay, so being a comic and being—I'm I'm assuming playing lacrosse—you must be in fit and in shape and a bit muscular. I'm—I'm I'm assuming your, I guess, your visual on stage isn't the typical comedic person that you think of. Is what yeah, I'm trying to no, say. it's um, comedians in general. Uh, I mean, there's some like really, you know, talking about physical appearance on stage. There are some very uh, fit comedians. I know uh, a guy, Nick Simmons, is like a semi-professional bodybuilder. Um, but it's definitely, I think you'd be correct in saying that um, I'm probably one of the more, you know, uh, fitter than the average comedian, um, which is, you know, it works against, it works for you and it works against you. Cause obviously I'd like to be funny looking, uh, it would be nice to get up on stage and <laughs> just hilarious. have people laughing immediately. Yeah. Um, but I kind of look, uh, pretty average looking dude. So you got to kind of work with, uh, you know, work with what you've got, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's advantage, disadvantage. I don't know. I think it's just something you got to address and, you know, move on from there with every crowd. So you could pretty much kick every other comic's ass is what you're trying to say, right? Yes. Uh, this is a direct <laughs> quote uh, to every Manhattan comedian. I'm waiting outside to fight you. Oh, uh, please meet me in the parking lot. I will destroy you. Uh, let's, let's, bro- let's broadcast that to as many people <laughs> as possible. Hey, if you wanted, it, it could be clipped, cropped, and put on social media for everyone to hear. <laughs> yes, please take this out of context. I want to I fight know. every comedian. <laughs> No, no, we don't want negative press here. We want actually good quality. But uh, yeah. other than lacrosse, uh, any other sports you into, or is it just solely lacrosse? Um, I played football up until high school, okay. uh, but yeah, lacrosse is kind of the main. I mean, I, I'm a Giants fan, like a New York Giants fan. Well, is uh, pretty close to that organization, so. Um, yeah, I watch a lot of football. I've been to a couple of Yankee games this year, but lacrosse is kind of the uh, um, that's my that's my true love. Okay, well, as kindly as I could say this, I think this interview is over because I am a diehard Eagles fan. Oh God, yeah, this has been uh, it's been nice, but I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I was thinking yeah, you're gonna say you're a Jets fan. I was I was gonna let that slide because Jets, it's okay. They're in the AFC, so I'm cool with that. But a Giants fan, not too many Giants fans nowadays. 
Yeah, we uh, there's not a lot to cheer about. Um, <laughs> last year was pretty pretty rough. I think I stopped watching like eight games in. Right. Uh, it was the McAdoo. Uh, yeah, I mean you're you're probably delighting in it, but it was just a very very rough season to uh, to watch. It's payback for the '90s, my friend. That's what that is. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I had to. Uh, um, two Super Bowls in my lifetime. I can't complain. You know, if there we get shit on for the rest of my life, then I'll still be, I'll be happy. Nice. Now you mentioned living at home. Doesn't everybody live in a home or are you meaning you live in your childhood home still? Yes. I live with, uh, two very chill, uh, roommates who also <laughs> gave birth to me, uh, which is a nice coincidence. Um, it doesn't always work out like that, but they, they oh, I sure. live in, uh, I'm like an hour, uh, 20 minutes away from the city. So I've just been um, living at home in New Jersey with my parents, commuting into the city every night, doing comedy, you know, like 10 times a week or as much as I can get up. Um, so it's been a pretty good uh, setup so far. Uh, you know, as things progress, I would like to move to the city one day, but I'm at least finishing out the summer in uh, beautiful, scenic New Jersey. Now, I got two questions about living at home. First, do is half of your stand up solely about your parents since you've been with, at home with them for a while now? Um, or are they normal? Please tell me they're not normal. Yeah, no, they're pretty. I I, I, I touch on a little bit, but we have, okay. we do have a very good uh, oh. good relationship. Yeah, no, there's not. Um, um, you know, we've always you know they support me, and I think early on in my stand up, I uh, would make fun of them a little bit because okay. you know it's kind of what you do. Um, oh, but yeah. I mean, they are so supportive. They come out to so many of my shows that it's just like, you know, that in, in my core, uh, you know, 15 minutes to 20 minutes of material, I probably have like one or two jokes about them. Uh, okay. So yeah, you see people, you have to check out Dan because first off, he's not funny looking. And second off, he comes from a normal home, not a broken one. So he works extra hard to get this comedy out. So, you know, has to yes. be half decent, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I wish, you know, Sometimes I'll just uh, uh, like pay my dad hundred dollars just to slap me in the face, just to give me uh, some material to work with. Uh, just a little, just anything would be nice, you know. See, for your professional career, it sucks, but for regular life in general, it's good. Because I've been doing this podcast now for a year and a half, and my dad has actually even called in on the show once, not knowing he was on, and still to this date, he does not know that I have a podcast. Yeah, I think my parents are the exact uh, opposite. They're so they're supportive to the point where they will, uh, like, they've found shit on YouTube of me that I don't even know about. Really, they will reference it to me, and I'm just like, well, "How did you? Why are you looking for it? And how did you find it? And please stop, because I didn't say a lot of great things in there about you guys." See, but we're sort of almost a generation apart because I'm gonna be hitting my 40s next year, right? So my parents uh-huh. is like 70s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that generation really didn't care too much about their kids. Now I notice the kids in their in their twenties. Well, sorry for calling you a kid, but men in yeah, their twenties no, and I'm a child. <laughs> and they're mid. Now I feel really old for calling you a kid because you're in your mid twenties. But anyways, like people you like your age group have parents who are supportive because they know that their parents aren't supportive. So now they're trying to turn the other. I guess you, you know what I mean. Try and make it better for their own kids. So yeah, I, I think I that's think what it is. That. Yeah. All it's, right, uh, and then. I, I coach uh, lacrosse right. occasionally, so I right. coach like the little kids, and it's okay. cool to see the pendulum uh, switch more into like you think my parents are supportive, like the parents now are just oh my like God. It's crazy. lunatic supportive, like over the top, like fucking 
way too much. So I think I think it would be nice to see this pendulum swing back sort of towards uh, your guys' direction. Yeah, that's true. But, hey, look, I guess you can't teach an old dog new tricks, so they say, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, my second question about living at home. Well, I guess you sort of answered it because, again, I left home at about late 17, early 18-year-old I was when I left home because I just couldn't do it anymore. But my question was going to be, how do you do it? But obviously, you get along with your parents, so it makes it, I guess, easier to stay home. Yeah, it's um, they're both awesome. And then for me, you know, uh, I'm out at uh, pretty much. This is my uh, in the two and a half years I've been doing stand up. This is the first I took a week off oh, wow. of doing no comedy. So this right. is that week. So every other week, you know, fifty two weeks out of the year, I'm out until. You know, midnight, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. So, like, there will be – I'm living with my parents, but there will be weeks when I don't see them, um, which is – you know, so it makes the times that we do spend together, like, uh, pretty good. Like, we're not, like, in each other's hair too much. Uh, like, I'll get home and fucking shove leftovers into my face, pass <laughs> out, wake up, go to work the next morning. And, you know, they – it's um, – yeah, it's nice because I don't see them – too too much so but that must put a damper on your dating game though doesn't it oh hell yeah <laughs> it is uh because <laughs> it's like uh it's like hey do you want to come over and meet my parents or sneak in through the window like there's really oh, uh two options with it but you know i uh in manhattan like i'll be you know uh i still do all right but it is like the other night uh, my parents weren't home and i was just sending mass text messages to everyone i know right. like god damn it like we got to take advantage of this what are we gonna do like <laughs> and uh i think i ended up watching um ken burns vietnam documentary so you know oh, pretty man. lit night oh shit okay well i was gonna ask you what's the most fucked up thing that's ever happened to you on the road but now i'm scared to ask because you seem like you're pretty <laughs> vanilla now <laughs> um if you want me to go into that now i had the i think i had the worst uh oh. Oh. show experience please if, if, uh, if so you want to indulge in uh, South Jersey, okay. Uh, I showed up. It was a free show, but I'd been put in contact with one of the guys from another guy, and so I go into it with like you know low to medium expectations. Sure. Uh, I show up. There's four people in the audience, and I was like, all right, whatever. Like you know, I've done worse gigs than that. Right. Uh, I get on stage as I'm on stage. It's two older couples, like a mom and a dad, a mom and a dad. Okay. That's so four people in the audience total. The host gets off stage, brings me up and, uh, the dad takes a phone call, uh, leaves the room. So it's three people now that I'm talking to. So I'm trying to okay. do my jokes. The dad comes back in and I was like, Hey, who, you know, who, who was the phone call? Who'd you call? You know, trying to give him shit. And he was right. like, yeah, I just found out that my daughter is in the hospital in California. Oh. And I was like, oh. Wow. Uh, really sorry to... And so I had to try and like, you know, I'm obviously like so sorry for these people. And they know that if they leave, the show is over. Like I'm the first act. So they know that if they leave, the show is going to end because we're going to have zero audience members. Wow. So for the next 10 minutes, I had to stand on stage and be like, well, you guys should go if you want to but if it's not that serious you can stay and keep listening to cut and it was like i listened back to the recording of it it was like the most horrible exchange of me trying to be like like oh my god like i'm so sorry like i hope it's not serious like but like if you guys do want to stay you should but if you shouldn't like if you don't want to stay then you don't have to 
and then they uh once i got off the stage once i did my time they ended up standing up and uh leaving to go deal with that i don't know what ended up happening with it but that was like i was like that was the worst you know <laughs> probably the worst thing that's happened to me and, and it didn't even happen to me it happened to these people like i just had yeah. to watch what was unfolding Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, so I hope she's all right. I think, I don't know what happened, but what are know, the odds? fingers crossed. Yeah, that's crazy. My God, I don't even know where to go from there. Shit. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I wish I could say it's funny. I know, I, I wanted to make fun of it, but I, I don't want to make fun of death or being sick or anything. That That's just cruel. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was like, oh, yep, comedy, there are bigger things than comedy at play and... You know, you just gotta, it puts everything in perspective. Like, yeah, this is a silly thing that I'm doing that can make people feel better. But, you know, there are lines that you you just gotta be like, all right, well, sorry about (laughs) everything that's going on. Uh, How about this? I like asking this and we'll go into some uh, topics that I pulled up. What's your end game? What do you want out of this comedy stand-up? Do you want to be an actor? Do you want to just keep being stand-up? Do you want to write? What do you Um, see yourself finishing as? Yeah, I don't really... Or do you think that far ahead? Uh, what was that? Or do you even think that far ahead? Yeah, no, I've just, uh, I, my thing is like, uh, I'm trying to get good at it uh, to start. Um, so, you know, trying to put in my time and just improve every day. And, you know, I would like to make a full time, you know, a comfortable living doing it, whether that's producing like web content, like I've done, uh, like, I've filmed a couple sketches, you know, I've done podcasts and stuff and, um, a comfortable living would be nice doing, you know, just creating and, uh, whether it's touring and live performances or it's a combination of all, you know, five of those things. I'm not really picky. Uh, just kind of, I'm just kind of in the process right now where I'm like building the product, like me getting funnier and then we'll decide about shipping it, uh, you know, a couple of years from now. Okay, that's fair enough. So no, you're not putting a stamp on, like, say, you want to be one of those comedic actors or solely behind the scenes. You just want to finish off your art, do it as good as possible, perfect it, and then whatever comes about of it comes about of it, as long as it's within comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think six years, you know, two and a half years in, I think six years is... Uh, you know, it would, it would be nice to be making most of, or if not all of my money from uh, creating comedy six years in is my goal. If I had to put, uh, and you know, however that comes, if it's, you know, I'm not, even, uh, it might even be like a, a medium that doesn't exist yet. You know what I mean? Like podcasting is only how old, you know, so what's the next, you know, I'm not going to limit you know myself what? to. That's good thinking. Anything. No, that's true because a lot of people are like, oh, I see like, for example, someone your age would be like, oh, I could see myself riding off into the sunset having a podcast like these older people. So then like they have just people come over and they still have a good time and whatnot and they're still relevant, right? But yeah. who's to say there is going to be podcasting, right? Yeah, it's, uh, and I mean, the the competition for it is so, you know, I'm just I'm starting to build up my Twitter following and even that I feel like it's like, God, Twitter it is how old, like how much longer is it going to be around for? Uh, but like That's another uh, thing too, yes. Yeah, so I mean that's and that's been a goal of mine for the past like year or so. It's just like, hey, let's try and make this Twitter thing uh, work as as well as possible. So I've been putting a lot of work into that every day, and you know that's been growing uh, pretty. Uh, I'm happy with the growth there. So you know, if we could monetize that, that would be 
cool. So, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm just going to keep hitting the Twitter thing, keep hitting the stand up live performance things. And, right. you know, I've got some auditions here and there. So just keep doing that and just trying to get better. Okay. Let's get into some fun topics here. Like I like to usually do after we get to know our guests, cause I'm sure everyone know, knows you. You'll, you'll get to plug yourself after whatever, and we'll do all that fun <clears> stuff. But being from the New York greater area, you'd probably deal with a lot of traffic, especially when you go into Manhattan, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, my friend, us Torontonians actually have you guys beat because we were voted Toronto has the worst commute in North America and six worst in the world. Worse than like, geez Louise. I Even L.A. I, just immediately think of like india train cars and it's like are you guys are you guys worse than that well we're six worst in the world but i'm saying in north america we are the worst oh jesus christ i've never i can't even imagine that so let me see here let me pull up here here here, here's a quick stat okay Uh, so toronto was the sixth worst overall the city was tied for the second longest average commute time of any city so the average in toronto to commute from work to home is 96 minutes okay so that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And then you got other countries. So other countries in the world are Bogota and Colombia. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Rio de Janeiro. That makes sense. They have a lot of people there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Okay, here we go. I got the top 10 list right here. Okay, so we got, these are the worst 10 cities of commuting, top cities of, oh, so there's the top city list as well. There's no North American cities on there. So <laughs> the worst, you got London as number 10. You got nine as Miami. So Miami's the highest for the American cities. Look at that. And then you got, I don't Cali, which I guess is in Colombia. Brasilia, which is Brazil, Toronto, yeah. Salvador, Istanbul, Sao Paulo, Bogota, Rio de Janeiro. So a lot of South American, no Asian countries, oddly enough. Huh. Yeah, I would have, I just, I just think bad traffic. I just think India, you know, right away. So now... I don't understand because we have a very bad infrastructure here in Toronto. Like it's one of the worst. Well, I guess now there's proof in the pudding there since this survey came out. But even our TTC is like, well, sorry, our subway and our public transit, we call it the TTC. It's, it's just, it's a joke compared to everyone else. Like I've been to New York and I, you could get lost in the subway system in New York. Yeah. In Toronto, well, okay, mind you, I'm going back to when I was growing up. So this was maybe in the 80s and 90s. When I used to ride the TTC, there was only mm-hmm. two two subway lines. That's it. It would go east, west, north, south. That's all we had. Yep. But it's like, come on. And we have over 3 million people in the city, and yet we have to deal with all this traffic. When you got other cities that have 6 million, 7 million, and have a better commute than we do. That is, uh, yeah, That's I think an hour and a half is about, that's me from new jersey to new york so i'm literally crossing state lines and still uh getting there before uh you guys are but mind you i think this has to deal with the skyrocketing prices of housing in toronto because a lot of people commute from outside the city to come Mm. into the city to work so i don't think this is a very fair judgment of the actual traffic but you still have a lot of people coming in the city so i guess you still have to make lanes and avenues for people to commute back and forth properly right yeah, that's. Uh, I would not have expected that. Well, speaking of TTC, how about this? How, okay, do you guys have it? Because I don't remember in New York. You guys must have some kind of uh, person who rings off all the stops as they go, right? Like some c- computerized system, some woman or some man. Yeah, yeah. We, 
you have uh, we got somebody who says it over the loudspeaker, and then there's like usually an electric um, LED screen that says uh, what stops are coming up. Okay, how about this? Speaking of future and doing a job in the future, Seth Rogen mm-hmm. is now the voice of the Transit Commission in Vancouver. So every time you stop at a stop, you'll be hearing Seth Rogen's voice. <laughs> that is the only voice I ever want to hear. So that's good. Now imagine if you got that gig for Manhattan. Yeah, that would be, uh, I would love <laughs> to be heard by everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> he actually did, see, and speaking of the TTC here in Toronto again, he did a public service announcement because, again, we have horrible people in the city for some reason, too. I don't know why. Yeah. But he had to do a public service announcement for the TTC, running down things that you should and should not do while you're in public writing the TTC. Now, mm-hmm. is, is this not taught to you in school? Is this not taught to you by your parents? Um, well, I can tell you in New Jersey Transit, we have a, uh, a campaign that just says it's a $30,000 fine to assault a transit worker. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I always look at that sign and just like, how many transit workers had to get punched in the face before we needed to put these signs up? Like, was it two, like three punches Mm -hmm. to the face that you, um, I don't know if that's like a problem, but it it is a billboard. So it must've, somebody must've gotten punched in the face. Well, yeah, because even here, again, in Toronto, we have the same thing where now you're starting to see more of the buses and even the street, because we have streetcars as well. So we have streetcars, buses, subways, and the drivers are all enclosed now, pretty much, and all the newer ones. So you can't even get to them anymore. So that's not even an issue. (laughs) What Seth Rogen is talking about is, so the biggest problem, apparently, in our transit system is people clipping their toenails, people coming on with backpacks and using a seat for their backpack instead of giving it up for someone. Yeah. And the third one is eating, uh, like, I guess, smelly food. I don't know a nice way of saying it, because I guess every culture doesn't think their food smells, but I'm sorry, your culture's food smells. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the big three things that happens on our transit system. That is, that's, that's, uh, that's cute, but you guys have to deal with that. <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad at all. <laughs> that doesn't sound so, so I guess it's worse there, then. <laughs> there was a, uh, a homeless man. Oh, uh, goodness. Uh, so they'll just hop on the the subway, and there was a guy who um, just started screaming at us. Uh, oh shit! He didn't have. He just wanted shoes, so he gets on. He's just like, "Hey guys, I want some money for shoes." Right. He's on the subway to car in Manhattan, and you know, no one's looking at him because it's the third fucking homeless guy that we've dealt with that day okay. uh, and so he sees that no one's looking at him and he starts yelling and yelling and yelling and it gets like louder and louder and louder and they starts getting like into people's faces oh my god and uh then he goes into the next train car and he smelt uh so bad that his scent lingered even though he was gone he it smelled bad for the next like five to six stops after he had left oh my god yeah, he was, that was, uh, I've seen people, like, uh, bandaging open wounds on the subway, like, it's... Okay, well, we have free healthcare, yeah. so that you don't, you won't see that up here. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, yeah, it's, every day, you're like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen, and then the next day, you're like, all right, now that was, now this is the craziest thing I've ever seen, so... Well, actually, perfect segue, because I've been wanting to drop this little story for a while, but I've never had a real proper way of slipping it in somewhere... 
and not seem like I'm big timing because I, I went to New York. But yeah. the last time I went to New York and I, I made a stupid mistake of taking the bus instead of the subway. So I needed to okay. get from, I don't know, 110th all the way down to maybe like, I don't know, 55th. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, okay. uh, that's possible. Okay, so I had to go all the way down that way. So we were like, oh, why take the subway? Let's just take the one bus. It's one route all the way down. I can't. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what major street we were on, but whatever. We had to go from there to down. So we decided to take the bus. Literally, the bus was empty. So I'm like, okay, we already made a mistake. Why are these buses empty? In Toronto, they're always full. Yeah. As soon as it got to the first stop, I knew why they were empty. Because I'm, I'm, this is me saying it in the nicest way possible. Some fucking crackhead came on. And started making a scene as if the bus was his own personal car. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, the first time I'm riding the bus, I am going to (laughs) die. And I don't know, he he looked in pretty bad shape. He was just yelling out top of his lungs. He wasn't making eye contact with anyone. So that's how I knew we're sort of safe. Because when they start making eye contact, that's when you know trouble's going to happen. So I think he was either talking to himself or he was seeing stuff. Who knows? He was tripping out pretty bad. But he's, then he started waving around, and then he goes, he hits the next stop sign or, or the, the bell, whatever, and he goes through the back doors, and he opens the back doors and waits, and just has the back doors open. And he's just standing there, waiting, waiting. Then he takes off his backpack, goes into his backpack, and we're all just sitting there. And obviously no one has the balls to say anything, because who knows if he's going to pull out anything on us. Yeah. So we're all just sitting there, sitting there. He's not bothering anyone. We're, no one's really in a hurry, I guess. I, no joke of a lie, we must have been there a good five minutes with him with the doors open, and no one said peep. And then he finally went off and went on his way. And then, oh, sorry, and then when the bus took off, <laughs> he went into his bag and started pelting the back of the bus with eggs. <laughs> when he was inside the bus or outside the bus? Outside. So I guess he was looking for the eggs inside his bag, and he wanted to make sure he had them ready, so when the bus left, he could pelt them with it. Oh my God! Why? Why not eat the eat the eggs? We'll cook them. But well, he didn't look like he was a bum or anything. He like he had clean clothes, but he just looked like a fucking crackhead. Like oh my, like God. his face. That's, you could tell he was tripping crazy. out bad. That's uh, and yeah, that's my New York uh, experience. At, at no point was I like, no way. Like, no, that totally probably happened. Like, I'm not doubting that that's a very real thing that occurred in Manhattan. It's a pretty, uh, you know, it's it's very safe. Compared oh no, to, it is. Um, but it, you, you still do see some pretty wild shit. Other than that, I had no issues. Like, me and my wife were walking down the streets after midnight and stuff. Well, mind you, we were closer to Times Square, so there's a bit more traffic there. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like we went into the village or anything or m- more south, but it, it is what it is. It's like it's like any major metropolis. There's going to be fucking crime everywhere, man. The cops could only do yeah. so much, right? I can, uh, yeah, I can vouch for I've never seen, you know, I've seen, like, um... Uh, like people on bicycles, like hitting, like I've seen a lot of bicycle crashes, uh, oh, but no like real like violent altercations or uh, anything like that. It's it's been you know for as I've been coming into the city, working for like four years, and I used to come in when I was like a little kid. Like you know, I've never even felt remotely in danger, um, weirded out. I'm, right. I'm, 
usually weirded out, but never. You know what? That's like, the same thing for my life. Or anything. Yeah, I feel that it's the same thing here in downtown Toronto because we get a bad rap. So especially this year, there's been a lot of actual shootings, which is odd because guns are illegal in this country. But whatever. Yeah. But it's been like the highest rate of like on record. I think if we continue at this pace, it's going to be the highest rate of uh, gun shootings in a year of all time for Toronto. Put it that way. So it's it's been yeah. a violent uh, year for us. But at the same time, people got to understand most of it is gang violence related. It's not just some idiot who just decides to... Because, again, guns aren't easy to access. So someone with mental disabilities can't go out and grab a gun and decide to shoot up a mall or a movie theater. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here it's more if someone gets a gun, it's because they want to take someone out and they're going to assert... Now, there might be some casualties in the crossfire, of course, but they're not Uh specifically hunting. Like, they're not going on a shopping spree downtown trying to take people's heads off, right? Yeah. So I guess that's the difference. But speaking of cops... Only in the States could this happen. This is in Massachusetts, so not too far from where, where you're at. So, yeah, probably four hours uh, north of where I'm at. Okay, perfect. So it's a small yeah. town. you probably never heard of it. Blandford, Massachusetts. Apparently, uh, actually this week, as, as of this recording, earlier this week, all their police officers walked off the job and there's no longer cops working in that town. I think I did see all four of them, right? Yes, and I was just going to get into that. And people are like, oh my God, how many cops? Just four. Yeah, five five dudes were having a bad day. They're probably just getting beers right now. So now the state patrol has claimed uh, whatever it is, ownership, or I guess they're looking after that town or county or whatever the fuck it is because it's confusing for me being up here in Canada. Yeah, that's the thing is you can, uh, at any given point, there are uh, town cops. Right. There are county cops. There are state cops. Yeah, see. Um, so it just depends on, like, the, the fact that the state cops jumped in and took it over. You know, it's, there's, we have a lot of cops. <laughs> I think it's, you know, well, I think we have three, if I'm not mistaken. But then you go into, like, uh, like the intelligence agencies. I'm not counting those. I mean, like, men, well, men and women, but people on their feet out patrolling. We have city cops. We have provincial cops. And we have the RCMP, which is, I guess is, as our national cops and that's pretty much it so if a town is too small to have a police station they have the the provincial cops they usually have one usually within 100 i was gonna say kilometers but you don't know kilometers probably so i'd say about 60 miles radius more or less you know what i mean so but uh, again only in america but the reasons but they have a good reason did they just have a bad day or anything apparently they have Bulletproof vests that aren't bulletproof anymore. They have CB technology that's from the late 70s that barely could catch a signal from five feet away from each other. (laughs) Their cars are still from like the Dukes of Hazzard days. Yeah. So, you know what? I really don't blame them for walking off to prove a point. Yeah. It's, you know, we have, it's just like they just, every fucking week around here, there's like a teacher strike or, you know, it's same shit up here. It's not like it. You know, it's good people doing the best with what they have, and they have nothing. Yeah, but so, don't you, you guys uh, have laws? Because we have laws like the, I guess, the more, I was going to say special, but no, I guess the more, the, the emergency level type of jobs, like uh, police officers, um, EMTs, uh, firefighters, they can't go on strike ever, no matter what. Like, that's in yeah. our legislation where they can't go on strike. Do you guys have something like that too? Because if they do, then what the hell are these people doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't really. I would have to look up the last time there was like a legitimate um, police st- 
strike around me. I can't really think of. I mean, you know, that's a law that makes sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. It might be. If it's not, it should be a law. I think so, right? Because it does make sense. Because what would stop, like, what if, I don't know, well, I don't know if you've watched, you probably watched a remake of it, but Robocop. Have you ever watched the original Robocop? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, I saw that when I was very young, very traumatized. Oh, shit, I was going to say, okay, then you're on the same page as I am, because that movie came out in the mid-80s, and I was about in between five and eight years old, so that's when I watched it, more or less, as well. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it traumatized me a lot, a lot of swearing, a lot of guts, a lot of everything. So, oh yeah, I remember the, the the opening scene when they just uh, they were like, "How much blood can we fit on a screen?" And they were like, "Well, let's try and figure it out." And they, and they blow like, him to pieces where literally uh, he has no limbs or anything because yeah. he got severed by the bullets. That's how many bullets. It was uh, spoiler I alert. That and I was like, "Ah, God, this seems gratuitous," and I don't know what gratuitous is yet. You know. Okay, so <laughs> the reason why I brought that up was because the the premise of that movie is. They were in Detroit, and all the cops went on strike. And yeah, then it was so pure anarchy. The, the RoboCop. <laughs> and then they brought up RoboCop, right? So that's what I mean. I would assume that's sci-fi, because I really doubt that could really happen in real life. Yeah. But then again, you guys have a good military presence, so if anything was to happen like that in a city, I'm sure the military would just roll right in and claim it for their own too, right? Oh, yeah. they. Uh, I was just watching the Vietnam documentary. Like They've sent in the... There was a one guy who was uh, a dude in the Marines, went mm. over to Vietnam, came home, and then when he came home from Vietnam, the riots in the inner cities were so bad that they actually dispatched his platoon to stop. So he went right from fighting in Vietnam, came home, spent a couple days at his house, and right. then went into the streets of Detroit to, like, um, you know, try and stop the rioting there. Like so a that's something that we've some done sort. Uh, a couple times in our history. Just, you know, eh, send, in the, send in the troops. Let's see, what they can, see if they can figure it out. Well, another reason why I brought up RoboCop is because I want to touch a little bit and see how you feel about all these recent remakes, reboots, prequels, sequels, restarts, whatever you want to call it. Are you yay or nay on this? And then um, I, I know it's, a, it's not black and white and there's a gray we could get into it, but on the scale of yeah. big things, what, do, you, do you care or? I am uh, I'm a fan of like one-off original movies i think oh, like uh okay. in terms of like sci-fi like the one of my favorites like two that jump out are um what's that one with tom cruise edge of tomorrow oh the one where he goes back in time oh fuck yeah yeah that's, that's a like, very good movie just, it was so good it was such a you know yes i enjoyed it a very it a lot. unique idea and it just you know wrapped itself up in a little bow yep. um so like that's kind of what i'm drawn to personally you okay. know i mean Hollywood needs to keep selling tickets and making money, but I'm just such a fan of like good original takes like that. What was the other one with uh, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Um, oh yes, again going back in time. Oh, so you like uh, time traveling movies? Yeah, those are. I mean, like if you're gonna do sci-fi, like just let's make it like an original um, premise. Like I could get lost in Star Wars. Is, you know, as much as the next the next guy, but the ones that really stick out to me are the ones that's like, what if we did this with, you know, like the just very original takes. And, you know, it's probably, they're probably not original. They're probably drawing um, material from other sources and stuff like that. But those oh, yeah, are two in my mind. They're just like, we need more fucking of those, you know, more just like uh, a good idea. You know, it doesn't have to exist in a giant fucking universe, you know. Uh, I can see the appeal of those, but I would just rather like just give me a good 
hour and a half, two hour long original story that ends and I can fucking, you know, go about my day. I don't have to like do research before I go into it. Well, it's true because it's a proven fact. Like you could literally count on your hand how many reboots or remakes have been better than the original. Like the only one that I could think of that comes to my mind is Scarface. Yeah. But other than that, I can't really think of a movie that where they tried to reboot. Well, maybe uh, this is a going out on a limb, but I didn't mind it. Judge Dredd wasn't too bad as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the uh, I really liked... I like both um, versions. The latest one. Yeah. Because, okay, and here's my take on, on all these remakes. Because I'm going to bring up even Jumanji as a reboot. Mm-hmm. This new one that came out with The Rock is nothing yeah. like the one that was with Robin Williams back in the day. Yeah. Which one did I enjoy more? Probably Robin Williams because it was something I'd never seen before. But mm-hmm. this one still holds up because it's not the same premise. It has all the same... Like, I guess they ripped off from it's a board game and whatnot. But instead of being in the real life and the board game coming into real life, they go into the board game in this one, right? So to me, it's not really a reboot. It's more of, I don't know, like a sequel, I guess you could call it. Or a prequel, right? I think it kind of just goes into the, um, you know, everybody's trying to do the universe. Thank you. So it's like. Yes. And those, I don't mind. In the Jumanji universe. Thank you. See, I don't mind those, but the only problem is you have to be up to date with all of them. Yeah, that was, it feels like, uh, I still haven't seen the newest Avengers because I'm just like so far behind all of the, like I would, it would literally, it's like, it's like looking at like a a project that I put off until the last day. You know, that's the level of anxiety I get when I think of it. Like, oh God, I would have to watch 30 fucking movies and I don't know know what order to watch them in. And I'm just like, yeah, no, just, I, my little brother watched all of it. He spoiled it for me. I was like, that's fine. Just, yeah, like I'm up to date. Okay. Cause I was going to say, yeah, that I don't, you fucked up. Cause that's way too much. Like uh, luckily I'm still up to date, but I don't really go. Okay. Put it this way. When I go to the theaters because of how much they cost now, I only go to watch like these big blockbuster movies where I, I want the feel of being in a theater other than being at home. Like I don't need to watch a comedy, I'm sorry to say, in a theater. I don't need to watch a, a, like when I go with my wife a romantic comedy or something or even like a sports movie per se. But like an action movie, a sci-fi movie, I got to go to theaters for that. So what's big right now? It's all Marvel and Star Wars. That's pretty much it. And speaking of Star Wars, what do you think of them bringing back, since you said you could get lost in the universe, I'm sure you know about this, but Carrie Fisher, what do you think of her coming back for episode nine? I don't know. That's like, it's it weird, gets no? into like the, um, well, they've already done it with the one guy, right? They, they, they 3D like Ooh. animated the, um, in uh, Rogue One. Okay. Um, there was the main, one of the main bad guys in that is based on, um, a character that had died. So he was completely, um, you know, 3d animated, like never was, he, he wasn't alive when they were shooting it. So they like, oh. um, which guy just, w- w- it, was it the guy, one of the commanders on the ships? Yeah. Okay. Cause he did look familiar. Okay. Now I know who exactly you're talking about. Yeah. So that it, it just kind of brings up like a ethical, like as long as her, uh, family is getting paid for like the likeness you know what I mean I'm and sure it's like will. is that her it's like based on her like it's it's wild that it's even uh, a conversation but as someone who creates content I would yes. hope that um, the people around her are getting uh, compensated for them using her likeness I haven't looked into it too much but it would you know in an ideal world like let's give the artist everything we can you know fuck the corporations <laughs> well true well that's how it should be i guess that's why the internet is good for artists right but going back to this carrie fisher thing 
again, you, you brought it up. You said, as a person who creates original content, how do you feel? Because if it starts with her, and what's going to stop from bringing back older people from back in the day that were considered the Mount Rushmore's of their craft? And then everyone knew is not going to have a job. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think the, the way that we're, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I would just really like to see, you know, as long as her family is, uh, that's reaping the, yeah, the, the, the benefits from it, then I think that it works out, you know, put her in every, uh, movie as long as, you know, she's getting, uh, you know, the people like relatives and stuff are getting paid, uh, enough to compensate it, you know, see, I'm all for it. I hope people make holograms of me. That'd be dope. <laughs> Because if you think about it, if Star Wars really wants to be a prick, again, I don't know how this actually works because she's not alive. Is it really, do they have to really pay? Because they're portraying her slowly as Princess Leia, which is owned by Star Wars. Uh So they're not using, they're using her likeness, yes, but she's not here to defend herself. So I guess it gets into a sticky situation. But then they're they're using uh, facial expressions that she, you know, like... Uh, And her voice. They're they're using it from her... um, that's a toolbox that she developed. Like her acting is something that she invested time in right. and mastered. Yeah, that's true. So I guess you're the, right there. It's the character. Um, like it, it is princess Leia, Leia, but it's also, you know, classically trained artists, uh, Carrie Fisher, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know enough about it to take sides on it, but right. uh, you know, as long as somebody on her end is getting compensated getting for it, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Okay. Um, since you're into sci-fi, are you into conspiracy theories? Um, let me think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, like, so I've been spending a lot of time on Twitter, like, building up my presence there, so, unfortunately, have been exposed to some, uh, insane conspiracy, you know, like, fucking, yeah, I don't even want (laughs) to give them air. Okay, Um, I'll I'll bring one up, and then try and think of just something that, not that it's the most craziest, but the one that you're probably into the most, that if you see it anywhere, you just have to click to find out more. So this is my conspiracy that I've been touching on now because now it's coming even more evidence about this since fucking 2014. The Malaysian Airlines flight that went missing. Mm -hmm. So now they're saying that it was veered off of its um, flight path. But then they're also saying that if it was, they would have got a notification and whatnot. And now they're saying that the cause... Okay, let me pull it up here so I don't sound like a jackass. So it was likely that there was manipulation involved to their disappearance. Now, what the fuck does that mean? And that's all they say, and they don't go into any more. Yeah. Manipulation by what? Aliens? Fucking terrorists? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Fucking the sea people? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Like, when I see stuff like that, that's when my conspiracy fucking in me, I guess, theorist comes out. And it's like, why would you not just be transparent and say what it was that caused them to veer off course. What, what, like, why are you so vague? Yeah. That's like, um, I think, yeah, I think UFOs are real, you know, <laughs> like, I, th- I don't think we're getting the whole story on, uh, on those. Uh, and, but yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Anytime the, uh, you get a hard stop from the government on like, and it's concluded. Yes. Like, no, nothing's ever, Concluded. You know what I mean? Like, so anytime anybody's like, nope, that's all there is to it, and there's no reason to, uh, that, then that's where I think, uh, yeah, there's probably other shit to that, you know, because they imagine the public uproar if they found out that, like, computers could take down, uh, planes, you know, if a dude in a laptop could, you know, know, have any role in it, you know, that, that 
information would be um, more damaged to the public than well, of keeping it a secret, I think. Well, for me, my honest opinion about all this, that's what it was. It was some guy in a suit who saw the plane, thought it was something else, shot it down by mistake, and he's part of some mm-hmm. big government. I don't want to say any names because I don't want to get involved in anything, but some huge government that has a lot of money and mm-hmm. paid everyone else off to keep shut. And you're like, oh, who cares? It's only it's a civilian flight. No one's going to care about it in a few years. Let them just let it be. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So that's my honest opinion, I think. But then again, who yeah. knows? So that's probably I, uh, what they found out. Yeah, because it, it, we'll never get the full story on that, I don't think. So, you and know, you see, it's going to be. This is, this is sounding morbid, but this is why, not that I can't wait for death, but this is the one of the things that I look forward to w- once I die. And if I don't get this, I'm going to be so far, again, I, I don't know if I'm going to be pissed off if I'm dead, but who knows. <laughs> if, if I die and I don't find out all the questions that I want answered while I was alive... I'm going to fucking flip the fuck out. Because that's just a fucking the biggest dick tease of all time. And man, I'll be angry at you, God, because I'm Catholic. So I believe in God. So Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think the, um, once, you know, all I know is that I know nothing. And, you know, <laughs> I kind of exist in that space. It's like, yeah, well, there's a ton of shit that I'll never know. And, you know, no one has known everything. And people spend their whole lives searching for things and they don't seem any further along. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like, you know, I like my life here. So I'm, I'm not seeking, uh, too much. Uh, I mean, except for comedy, but you know, I'm not like, I'm not much of a seeker. <laughs> so what is, okay. Speaking of seeking, what, what do you seek out for when you're looking for conspiracies? What, what is your go-to then? I don't know. I mean, or is it just anything that's out of this world? Yeah. I, I can't really think of the last time I got like real, uh, you know, falling down the, the rabbit hole. Uh, right. I've been kind of busy with like uh, comedy stuff that I can't really. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if I've really put myself fully into a, a conspiracy in like a while. Okay, how about this? I, I got a topic that I'm going to bring up next. So this is a big conspiracy. Because, well, actually, it's a Canadian conspiracy because most of them are Canadian. But again, only in America. So now this is a thing, thanks to, uh, what is this, uh, a Republican, Denver Regelman, I think that's his name, or a Virginian House Democratic candidate, Leslie Cockburn, I don't know, whatever. But it's someone in politics down there in the States. Again, I'm Canadian, so don't Uh at me on on social media, because I don't know your politics down there. Yeah, I don't either, it's fine. Okay, it's someone that has political power. Apparently... They're running against each other, and the other person is telling the people not to vote for them because they aren't a Bigfoot erotica. Huh. Now that's something I could get behind. Where where are they hiding all this Bigfoot smut? Right? Yeah. I've been all over the internet. I haven't seen any of that. This guy must be a lunatic. Okay, because I want to do this justice, because I pulled it up. Okay, so Virginia House Democratic candidate Leslie Cockburn claimed that her opponent, Republican Denver Riggleman, has an interest in Bigfoot erotica. So there you go. Just to clear the air. Perfect. <laughs> we got the names out there. If anybody wants to look into it further. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to do my due diligence so people don't think I just pull shit out of my ass. Yeah, no, because that sounds like something. Uh, yeah, I believe it. And, uh, you know, whatever your kink is, that's... <laughs> I don't know if I want you making laws. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know but, what? Someone said this a long time ago, or I've heard it somewhere, and I've heard it multiple times from other people, but for everything you could think of, there is a fetish for it. 
Yeah, that's uh, rule like 84 or something. Okay. I used to be on, on Reddit all the time. So it's there like you rule. go. So, and who's I don't know to what say? the exact number is, but there's, it's like there's literally a, um, if you can think of it, there's a weird community of people who exactly. uh, jerk off to it. <laughs> so who's to say that Bigfoot porn is any different than gaping assholes? Yeah, or the, I found myself on uh, My Little Pony. What the fuck? Yeah, it was on uh, Reddit. Because it, it was like it was like a Reddit, um, I wasn't looking for it. Sure. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a Reddit thing. It was like, what are the weirdest parts of Reddit? And one of them was like, oh yeah, no, absolutely, this... Uh, this community of people that make cartoons about like My Little Pony stuff, and I was like, "Oh, okay, let's see." And I was like, oh, "Yep, they did." Okay, I don't know what I was thinking when I clicked that. That's exactly what I thought it would be. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, I, I gotta I gotta head out soon. But yeah, it's uh, it's it, <laughs> that will be the thing that I ride off into the sunset on is uh, um, do not go searching for things that you do not want to see <laughs> enough said my friend enough said so yeah. on that note do you want to plug anything do you have anything upcoming where people um, could see you yeah. social media uh, twitter is the big one uh dan Pavello on twitter instagram as well uh i've got some um fundraiser shows in new jersey if anyone is interested in that but yeah i think twitter is probably just you know Hop on my Twitter, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about me. Probably too much. You'll probably know too much about me. <laughs> but isn't that a good thing? It isn't like you said, you want to take over the world, right? Come on. Yeah, it's. Uh, you want your voice to be heard. Yeah, I want to be the only voice. I want to silence all other voices. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. So the next time you tune into the show, the voice, it's only going to be Dan on there by himself, talking to himself yeah. with no one around him, no audience, yeah. no nothing. <laughs> Give me like a, give me six months. Total world domination will be uh, it'll be over by then. All right, that's good to know. Perfect. Anything else you want to add? That's good for you, uh, man. No, thanks for you know, thanks for having me. It was, a, it was a good time. Not a problem. You're always welcome to come back. I like to reinvite all my guests. So yeah, you, for sure. Let's make it. Uh, let me know when you're free. Yeah, if you ever have the itch, hit us up. We'll hit you up if we're if we're caught up in a in a bind one week and we don't have a guest and, and we need a substitute. So now we know we could trust you because you're actually half funny. So just, just half. <laughs> half. I can't give you too by much. Then, by then I'll be full funny. <laughs> exactly. You see. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, Dan. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it again. All right. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Later. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dan Puzello. Sorry we couldn't do a full, full episode like we're accustomed to, but man's busy, man's got to go, I understand. I am a stranger. Why would he want to talk to me longer than he has to? So, I guess I'll... Hold on, I'm just fidgeting around here and fixing all this stuff. Hold on, let me fix the mic, and then I'll come right back. All right, that only took two seconds for you, or one. Took five minutes for me because I'm an idiot. All right, we're back. That was Dan. Funny guy, as you could tell, like all my other comedic guests I've been on. Now I dub it the summer of comedy, 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 comedy. You like those sound effects, eh? <laughs> so, uh, you know what? Let's do it. It's been a while. Let's go into some dumb laws and then I'll wrap it up like that. <clears throat> Fuck it. Let me take a sip of coffee. See, I'm not this rude when people are on, am I? <clears throat> quality podcasting back i'm going back to the roots of my unprofessionalism all right dumb laws so uh, i ran a twitter poll a few weeks ago and when there was that washington dc one the one that came in second was brazil 
So let's go with Brazilian uh, crazy laws. Let's do crazy laws. Let's go with crazy peeps. I'm I'm feeling crazy. Okay, 15 strange rules, laws, and customs in Brazil. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, it's not 15, but sure, they're liars. <sighs> okay, this is so fucking fucking people and their fucking clickbaits. Now my phone's going haywire. See what happens when you go on clickbait? You get nothing back in return because it just fucks up and takes you to other shit. Let's go. Stupid laws in Brazil. No. 20 weird laws around the world. Do you want to do that? No, I said Brazil. Okay. Here we go. Some Brazilian laws. What do we got? One, two, three. Okay, I got a few of them here. Let's go. Brazilian law number one. That is stupid. A product made with a pig's leg or thigh and drumsticks of a turkey is a ham. A product made with a pig's leg or thigh and drumsticks of a turkey is a ham. I got nothing to say because that makes no sense. All right. It is against the law to wear masks at parties except during carnival celebrations or by obtaining a license. Can't get freaky in the bedroom with those masks or that kidnapping fucking role-playing shit that people are into. Watermelons are prohibited. So then why do all you see is watermelons walking down the beach? But um boom <laughs> Such a bad joke. See, I want to do my bad jokes when the professionals aren't on. But... Watermelons are prohibited. Why? Maybe someone choked on a seed one day. Who fucking knows? The penalty for poaching is higher on Sundays and holidays. Ooh, so you could poach during the week is what they're saying. Nine to five. Nine to five. It is illegal. No, sorry. It is legal. So you could do this. It is legal for a man to divorce his wife if he finds out after marriage that she wasn't a virgin. I'm done. I gotta move to Brazil. That's the only way you know you're marrying a virgin. <laughs> but again, who wants a fucking virgin? Honestly, it's such a fucking mess. You don't want a virgin. Like everyone thinks virgins are good. A, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. B, they treat a penis like it's some fucking slippery ass fucking frozen piece of meat that they've never seen before because they've never had it in their mouth. Three, they find cum not appealing. Four, obviously they don't do anal because they're a virgin. Five, they're still a virgin again not that there's anything wrong with being a virgin <laughs> all right if you're young and you listen to the show i hope you don't but if you are young don't worry don't worry there's still time you guys got apps so as soon as you turn 18 go crazy that's my public service announcement can you tell i'm not a parent all right if a driver in an accident dies the police are still required to do a breathalyzer test to legally be able to determine who was at fault for the accident that makes sense okay this is just so stupid if the deceased refuses to take the test they can face fines and a suspension of driving privileges oh my god what is this world coming to and then people ask that 
or say that I'm the crazy one for not wanting kids. Are you fucking kidding me? Kids? For what? What the fuck am I going to do? Kids in this world? Nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I think that's all I got to say on this week. Oh, actually, fuck it. Why not? Because I don't want to bring this up with fucking people because then people are going to think I'm fucking crazy and all I bring up is food all the time. But speaking of food, McDonald's, you're at it again. You're in the news. You're just always in the news, McDicks. That's what I call McDicks. Okay. So when I go to McDonald's, I double check. Okay. First off, when everyone goes to McDonald's drive-thru, I'm assuming you look in your bag to see what's in there, correct? Makes sense, right? Yeah. You see the box, you see the fries. If you have sauces, great. Everything's good to go, right? Okay. First off, fuck you, McDonald's. Even though I love you to death, fuck you, McDonald's. And I love you again because you're introducing the spicy buffalo chicken sauce for the McNuggets. So I'm going to love that. But fuck you, McDonald's. Because now you're starting to fuck up what's inside the fucking goddamn box. I understand forgetting to put something in. But how the fuck... Can you put a McChicken inside a Big Mac box? How the fuck can you put a Big Mac inside a Quarter Pounder box? This shouldn't be happening. Well, this has happened to me before. But this, this just tops the cake. Can you imagine this happening to you? And the worst part is, is that the woman was pregnant. Not because she's a woman. No, no, no. It's because she's a pregnant. She's a pregnant. Only women could be pregnant. So fuck you, PC police. Someone went to McDonald's, some pregnant mother, and asked for a latte, okay? Luckily, this woman, well, I assume so because she's not dead. And you'll see where I'm getting into this. Luckily, this woman opened the top to see what was inside. And guess what was inside? Cleaning solution. This woman was fed either bleach or whatever they use to clean the fucking latte machines at McDonald's. So uh, to their defense, they said that someone before who cleaned the machine left it hooked up to the milk line, which feeds. So there was still coffee in there. Don't worry. Woman still got her coffee. But instead of milk, because everyone knows a latte is coffee and milk. Instead of milk, she got cleaning solution. Now imagine if this woman's taste buds were dead. See, like me, the opposite. My taste buds, taste blood lads? Thank God. You know what? I am getting better because I didn't stutter once or fuck up during that interview. I'm so proud of myself. Listen, listen. That's a pat on the back. I feel good. I feel good. Anyways, what was I talking about? I just fucked up here. Oh, yeah, the cleaning solution. See, that's why you should never, ever bolster yourself and just be humble. The cleaning solution. Can you imagine if that woman drank all that and had no taste buds and just drank the whole shit and killed the baby or killed herself or got sick or the baby even worse. Well, there's nothing worse than death, but the baby coming out with problems all due to McDonald's and you wouldn't be able to pinpoint it back. Can you imagine? Fuck you, McDonald's. Fuck you. I don't want your fucking bleached lattes. I don't even like bleached assholes. I'm going to have a fucking bleached latte. Fuck yourself. Fucking McDonald's. Speaking of McDonald's, let's just continue this train of the McDonald talk and then I'll go into the plugs. Plugging ass as that is. So, this is the greatest thing of all time. I know you're not supposed to support illegal activity, but these people are fucking brilliant. So, someone... (sighs) 
There is. Okay. Let me see here. I'm just going to read the headline and then I'll go into it. An ex-cop... Again, speaking of cops, I should have brought this up with fucking that. An ex-cop rigged the McDonald's Monopoly game by stealing millions. Now check this out. Him and his network of mobsters, psychics, strip club owners, and drug traffickers. Way to go, police officer. Won almost every fucking prize. I'm adding the fucking... For 12 years straight. Now check this out. You know how they got caught? The fucking FBI launched an operation called The Final Answer. And they caught these motherfuckers. How did they rig it? Let's see. In 87, McDix launched its famous Monopoly game in which... Wow, 87, that old. Wow. In which customers collected game pieces that could be redeemed for prizes up to 1 million. Thanks, Sherlock. I think everyone knows what Monopoly on McDonald's is. But in 2011, it was revealed that almost every major prize since 1999 had been stolen by an insider who rigged the game. Now, how, do you, how did he do this? This is an incredible story. Okay, why don't you fucking tell me this story, asshole? This is an incredible story. Fucking clickbaiters, man. Just like all you masturbators out there. All you do is the one-offs. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Okay, the 56-year-old bachelor. Hold on. On August 3rd, a McDonald's film crew arrived in a bus in blah, They carried their cameras, blah, and knocked on the door, blah. The 56-year-old bachelor had called McDonald's. I'd like to say he'd won their monopoly. Since 1987, McDonald's customer had feverishly killed. Okay, whatever. Like, winning the Powerball, the odds are 1 in 250 million. How the fuck did this guy do it? Inside Hoover's home, uh, I just dropped the guy's name. Just like the Monopoly board game, which was invented as a warning about the destructive nature of greed, players traded game pieces to win or outbid each other on eBay. Armed robbers even held up restaurants demanding Monopoly tickets. This is fucked. Don't go to jail. Go to McDonald's and play Monopoly for real. Okay. Uh, Monopoly quickly became the company's most lucrative. Okay, yeah. A lawyer McDonald's spokesman encouraged him to tell the camera, oh, I don't give a fuck about this. What the fuck, man? Tell me! The two men behind the camera were not from McDonald's. They were undercover agents from the FBI. Oh, that's how they got him. But what did he do when he bent over? Oh, uh, you know what? They probably don't want to say how he did it. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> At the FBI Jacksonville field office in Florida, special agent added the Hoover videotape to his growing pile of evidence. Pick your prize, Monopoly Dent investigated. When Dent alerted, Dent blah, who the fuck is Dent? Okay, you know what? Whatever. Go read it, Google it, but some guy... Okay, fuck you, internet. No, I'm having internet problems. Some guy, and you see, it's not me. Because Dan had a good internet connection this week and he promised me he would. And thank you again, Dan, for having a good internet connection because maybe because you're in Jersey, I don't know, but people in New York, they don't have internet. Anyways, so yeah, a guy, okay, how dumb are you? You claim every single fucking prize for 12 years straight and you think you're not going to get caught? Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And one last thing on this, another stupid note. Happy birthday to Big Mac. My favorite probably, you know what, as much as I like to go to Five Guys, as much as I like homemade burgers, 
there's nothing like a Big Mac every once in a while. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It's comfort food. The Big Mac, man. It's been around forever. Who doesn't know about the Big Mac? Anywhere you go, even old people, young people, babies, doesn't matter. Big Mac is McDonald's. The happy birthday, Big Mac. You are fucking 50 years old. Congratulations. You're not that old in the big scheme of things, but you are 50 fucking years old. And to commemorate this joyous occasion, McDonald's is... Okay. I don't know what the hell it is here. McDonald's is giving out a McCoin. I guarantee you, in another 50 years from now, that McCoin is going to be the new... What is it? I was going to say Fitbit. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> Fitbit. What the fuck? has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. So yeah. They're coming out with the fucking coin. So the company will issue 6.2 million Mac coins. Oh, it's not a Bitcoin. It's a Mac because of the big Mac. Ah. The customers who purchase a big Mac starting August 2nd that coin can be redeemed later in time for a free sandwich of your choosing. No, thank you. I'll keep that coin and I'll sell it on eBay or whatever the fuck is in the future. com. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, and that's the other thing. How do you just make words? You know, how, think about that. Sit there. Sit there. Honestly, just sit there and think about making a word. Putting just random, what comes to your head? Billy bop bop. It's always like you're singing something. You're not like making, I don't know, um, Brook Kluklan. Brook Kluklan. I'm just saying Brooklyn in an accent. Because you can't really think of something. Wowza. Something with W. See something out of this world. Licklore. Oh, that actually sounds like a word. Licklore. Is that a word? Licklore? I don't know. It sounds like I'm saying licklore, but on any point, licklores are good. But thank you once again for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to bring back a little bit of my roots of me ranting on my own, of me fucking up on my own, and me trying to. St- did I even finish that story? Did I tell that story? Uh, did I just have a fucking brain fart? I don't remember. I don't know. Well, you got to hear it live. Well, live to tape, at least. But anyways, you can find me at Finga Styles, F-I-N-G-A-S-T-Y-L-Z. Instagram, Twitter, you can email us at thepodcastdap at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at thepodcastdap. What else? Poppyapparel.com. Go to poppyapparel.com. Buy something nice for yourself if you are a woman. If you are not a woman, buy yourself nice for your spouse, for your lucky one, for your significant other, for your mother, for your sister, for your cousin, for your aunt, for whoever, your fucking teacher, for all I care. I don't care. If you want to be an ass kisser, go for it. It's all you. For your boss. How about that? Go buy something nice for your boss. The ultimate kiss ass. Go to poppypearl.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You get 10% off your next shipment. And it's free shipping worldwide, so you save there. So double whammy. You can listen to my show on EMZT Radio every Sunday. But here's the kicker. You don't get to listen to my bonus episodes on EMZT Radio. So if you're listening on EMZT Radio and you want to go back and listen to some of my older episodes with bonus content on them, or if you just want to catch up on older episodes, you go to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, 
or the Pod Bros Network. But going back to EMZT Radio, you can listen to the show there every Sunday on their Potter and Family podcast block, which is from one to about six. I'm usually on around three or four. Check out my Twitter. I usually tweet out when I'm on live and go to podrolls.com, like I just said. There's a, you can listen to whatever you want. You don't need to choose sides. You can listen to everything, anything, whatever you want at any time. He's Dan. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.